Welcome to the Degree of Experience Podcast, Episode 10. I'm your host, Chris Bargeron, and it's my podcast, and I'll say what I want to. Bro, no, there, there's 10 episodes of this. How have we done this for 10 episodes? I'm I'm Sir Puck, here with, uh, with the old Chris, ready for part two. Eagerly, I, I would say I'm sitting on the uh, the edge of my seat, but I'm not because I'm standing here. And you're standing. I'm one of those standing desk fools. <laughs> I'm tempted to make another musical reference. He's still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's two copyright things we've already gotten this episode, and we're not yeah. even a minute in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a parody. It's fine. Creative Commons parody. We're good. Welcome, everyone, though, to Degree of Experience, a podcast where we reevaluate our past in order to redefine our present and future. And um, today's episode, like Sir Puck said, is a part two, um, focusing on reevaluating my past. Um, we kind of do sort of a back and forth, or we've been kind of doing a little bit of a back and forth of like, we've been talking about some of my past and how I've sort of overcome some of my shame of that past. Um, we have had a few people on interviews to kind of look at their past and how it's affected their lives and how it has, they have used that history to sort of move forward in this path of, you know, growing and bettering themselves. Um, and then we've also kind of dwelled into the, the arena of, um, of topic discussions talking about, um, basically mental health, uh, related topics like ang that relate really a lot heavily to my life that I'm things in my life that I'm working on, like anger, uh, for example. So, but we're kind of going back to its roots uh, as of last episode. Anyone that missed it, you can go back, uh, episode nine rainbow family, or we talked about my adventure uh, going to what's called a rainbow gathering. Um, and just give a quick summary. Do you want to give the quick summary? Let's give you a test. Uh, we're probably not going to want to do that. Um, you basically, you went out and you, you hung out with some hippies for a while. And uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly all the details. Wow. Be honest, it's been, it's been a long, it's been, it's been been a week or two yeah we do we record this every two weeks yeah. it's only been a week i don't know see that's my problem time means nothing to me i mean me too i know and it's weird too because right the episodes come out every two weeks but right it's like we yeah we, we, just, we got crunched last episode we fit it in when we can and that's why i like that two-week window because life happens to both of us like the internet going out <laughs> and and we might have that today like the power's been flashing today and it's well, it's not storming but man. You're upgraded. Yeah. Um, but yes, so last episode, we talked about sort of a quick summary. Um, I found myself uh, on my own again uh, as a young um, young adult, um, borderline 19. Moved in with a gentleman uh, who took me in, but immediately had to go to jail. And he pointed me in the direction of what's called Rainbow Family and Rainbow Gatherings as a place I could go and stay. Um, which is a sort of culture that has monthly gatherings in national forests to sort of live a life free from capitalism, let's just say. You know, there's no money. It's all trade. They provide food, uh, essentially. They provide water, essentially. Um, and yes, it's a bit like a Woodstock festival. Anything goes except alcohol. No alcohol. 
Um, but you know, a lot of, a lot of sort of, you know, peace, love and, and, uh, and sort of out there new age thinking, um, with a little bit of, of muddiness from certain individuals that have come. I think like, like I was actually talking to my wife about this last night because I used to talk about the rainbow gathering with a very sort of, uh, with a tone of contempt and going back and revisiting it last episode, I kind of connected with the the pure heart of it that all the junk in my personal life and my drug addiction had kind of that kind that had kind of clouded my perception of it so you know i kind of came to the thing of like it's something that started as a wholesome ideal but over the course you know of course it got muddied a little bit with like people that didn't have the right intentions attending it people that were running from the law and it was a good place to hide people that were just homeless and had nowhere else to go and maybe not didn't really agree with everything there but you know it was a place they could go um well, i think too like i think it, it plays into like your first experience with it was somebody who was avoiding it like you went out to find it and the first person that you found along your way that had experience with it was like ah, oh, you don't want to go there well, right. He was a homeless guy that just he he didn't he didn't even like it. Yeah, I remember. He, he manipulated me essentially. <laughs> like he he wasn't yeah. going to the Rainbow Gathering. He was just out there. He was out there basically somebody for to take a ride with. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, he was he was out there um, bumming for money and was just right trying to get back to his camp. So yeah, so so well, I it, mean like a ride, so to speak. Like here's some fresh blood, uh, new person in my way of life. Right. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, well, I'm peeking a little bit. We'll turn this down just a hair. Um, but yeah, it's so so twist them knobs. Yeah, twisting them knobs. Um, sound engineer <laughs> on the side. <laughs> so so where we're picking up is I am in the gathering though. And um I have just connected with um a gentleman who <sighs> see, and this is the thing, like I don't want to give names or even make up names. So we'll just say we'll just say I connected with a gentleman who who was a weed dealer. Let's just put it that way. We'll call him weed dealer. Um, and he said, "Look, I got," I, and he was on the run for uh, felony charges of marijuana distribution. Uh, that's what got him sort of involved with the Rainbow family. And he was wanting to abandon that and start going on tour, following following bands, kind of like the Fish tour. And so me and him connect. Um, you'll remember I had the girl Dream Woman, and, and I was named Dreamweaver, um, the the stripper from Athens, and and uh, and her friend. Her friend ended up staying. So me, the weed dealer, and the stripper, and uh, and then two gentlemen who I think one of them was his friends. I have no idea how we'll call him the fifth wheel. How the fifth wheel got attached, but the fifth fifth wheel will play a part in things to come. I like but, how you've called this person, these people, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like after after what you've, you've we've been through, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of just funny to me. Well, and, and because and we put it this way, with the exception of the fifth wheel, um, I do hold all I do hold all these people in the highest light, especially the weed dealer. I hate like that name does not do justice to. The friendship me and him developed. Um, he, me and he 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 stayed with me for probably about a year, maybe a year and a half of my life. Um, and it was the man, the law, that finally split us up because he eventually got caught. Um, but that's down the road stuff. So, 
So yeah, so you know, the he says, "Hey, if you will, you've got a van, we need transportation. We will provide you um, you know, plenty of of we will keep you high for this whole trip and take care of you. Um, if you can just get us to Miami, you know, and be our transportation for this. We want to go to this jazz festival and then we're going to kind of hop on this one band's, you know, tour." So, we all get in the car and or in the van and we start heading towards Miami. Um, now, uh, and, and so here's, here's the first little adventure. So we're getting near Orlando and by the way, this is all coming back to me. I haven't really kind of like the last episodes, like I haven't told the story in quite a while in this detail. So it's neat how all the, it's, it's interesting reliving this, Yeah. but, um, so we're, we're, we're just outside of Orlando and, and we're, we're there drinking beers in the back. Uh, me and Dream Weaver, our Dream Woman, are smoking weed in the front. And by the way, uh, quick interlude: I am not uh, condoning the use of drugs. Again, anyone drugs that's listening, are bad. Yeah, you know, anyone that knows, like a big part of this whole reevaluating our past. I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic. So the point of telling these stories is sort of it's it's to really explain why how I've had such a crazy past. And how I sort of overcame my past to become the person I am today. Um, but that said, we were getting high in the front of the van. And and I'm getting nervous. You know, I'm like, I'm going to get pulled over and busted here. I was worried about the beers more than the weed is the funny part. So, and I'm young and dumb. So, I, uh, I see a rest area. And I'm like, okay, cool. Rest area's got, you know, picnic tables. Now, it's like t- t- 9, maybe 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's go to the rest area. I'll pull over. You guys can drink the beers here, get your buzz on, and then we'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not it a good idea. Seems like a bad idea to me. <laughs> well, I didn't realize at the time, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, the the hindsight. Yeah. 2020. <laughs> oh, hindsight. So 2020. So so I pull I pull into the rest area, and I mean we're still finishing the bowl. You know, I'm I'm I literally have a bowl in my hand, and and just right. you know. And, and, uh, we pull in there, we get out, use the bathroom. So again, I got a, a van. We all kind of stink of being in the woods for three weeks. Um, and there was security there and they called the police mm-hmm. Yeah. as we come out and we're drinking, hanging out. And so the cops show up and, um, you know, they're like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And I tell them basically, I tell them like from the get go, I'm like, well, look, you know, I picked these people up. You know, we're all from this this sort of event, um, you know, and I just thought this was the best place. Like, I haven't been drinking. I am not drinking. Um, but, I, you know, I wanted a safe place for them to drink. So I pulled over here, you know, so they could have a few beers and we're going on a merry way. And, um, and that's when the second cop pulls up. And at this, oh. at this point, oh, and then, and then so they take all of our IDs. And this is when this is the moment when I found out how many of the people traveling with us were wanted by the police. Yeah, <laughs> because shit got real, as it, they say. It got real here, like, and and the memory's fuzzy. Um, but basically, the three men with us, so like Dream Woman, Dream Woman was like passed out, and so she just kind of handed her ID and just they just let her like sit in her seat. Um, it's like it was a good bull, man. Yeah, one of the men gave him a fake name. One of the men, um, mm. and they all sort of, they all sort of like refused to to give ID. 
one of them had an ID and was like really scared of like something popping up. Again, it's kind of fuzzy. But the point is, so they're taking all this stuff and the second cop shows up and they got me and the weed dealer kind of pulled aside and sitting on the curb uh, with everybody else kind of in the van. And and they're over at the cop car kind of kind of halfway across the parking lot and maybe across the parking lot from us. And they're talking, they're turning and looking at us, they're talking, they're turning and looking at us. And and um, the weed dealer says to me, I got to come up with another nickname, but the we'll call him WD. WD uh, uh, leans over to me and says like, dude, they're about to search us. And I've got like a bunch of weed in my pocket. What are we going to do? Like you had like a bag, like, I don't know, as thick as like, as thick as like two fingers of rolled up, of rolled up weed. And I go, and I go, shit. Um, all right, you see how they're checking on us and turning around? It's like, yeah. I was like, the next time they look at us, the second they turn their heads back, stick that shit in your shoe. And that's what we did. Like he, they turned and looked at us and the second they pulled their head, he, he fucking, he's, you know, stuffed that stuff in his shoe. And then they, next time they turned their heads, they came and searched us. And in my mind, I'm like, shit, they saw it. They saw him put that in his shoes. I had heard somewhere. The reason that came up was something with our circle of friends back in Georgia had some experience that was like, if, if push comes to shove, put it in your shoe. Like they don't necessarily always search there. And, um, and it was true in this case. He, they patted him down. They patted me down. They didn't look in the shoe, so they didn't find it. And so, hmm. um, and 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 so while you know, and and here's the interesting thing: while we're talking, you know, again, I'm being honest with the cops for the most part. And you know, and, and they're like, "Where are you going?" Well, we're going to a jazz festival. Oh, you're going to the jazz festival? Oh, who are you going to see? And I go, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, these guys invited me to go to the jazz festival. You know, like, I'm just kind of their ride, you know. But, yeah, I'm excited for it. You know, it should be a good time. The cop's like, yeah, it should be a good time. And, uh, you know, I think that was before the search part, you know. So there's, like, this little bit of, like, they're doing their job, but they're also being they're they're being genuine people with us. And I think they were genuinely seeing that, like, you know, I was hanging out. I was, I was not doing – I was breaking – I was probably breaking the law. Or bre- we were breaking the law, but we weren't, like – you know, we weren't, we weren't being, and where are you guys just, this is North of Atlanta. This is North of Atlanta, probably Atlanta. like a few exits up from Orlando or I don't know, like maybe like 30 minutes North of Orlando. Yeah, like a rest area. Rest north area. Of, okay. So, Interesting. yeah. Um, so finally the cop comes up to me and says, okay, here's the deal. Uh, I believe you that you haven't been drinking, but you are on something. So this is your chance to come clean with me. All right. Either you tell me what you're on, or um, and and uh, I will give you a field sobriety test. And if you can pass that field sobriety test and reveal to me what you are on, we will let you. Then you guys can just throw away whatever drugs you have, throw away the beer, and you can move on your merry way. Or we're gonna search your vehicle and we're gonna find out anyway, and you're all going to jail. So I'm like, fine. All right. I, I've been smoking weed. I've got a bowl in the car. Um, it's left over from the thing. And they're like, is that it? And I'm like, yes, that's it. I, it's all I had left. And they, you know, I just had a half, you know, I, there was some still in it, man. You know, and, um, and he, so he, he, he has me point out where it is. I pull it out. I ask him if he wants to have it or whatever. And he says, I don't want to touch that. I don't want my fingerprints on that. I'm like, okay, you know, and, and he's like, all right, 
here's what I want you to do. Throw it away. And uh, you guys go throw away your beers. And at that point, they were, like, really cheerful with us. And they were... The one thing I remember, too, was... Because, yeah, they basically were like, okay... Oh, and they gave me the field sobriety test, and I passed it with flying colors. So, you know, so it was like... They're like, you know... They're like, hey, man, look, you need to be careful. uh, Because the next county up or in your direction you'll go to jail for like five years for just having a seed so you know you Mm. you guys need to be careful and next time don't come to a rest area looking to drink and hang out he's like i like your intention i appreciate what your intention in this matter but this is not what you do you know no (laughs) they were really friendly and like i said so you know they they you know they were laughing about the whole situation as we threw away our beers and we went on our merry way Little and and I don't even remember how or why they didn't figure out the like fake name or that I had a wanted you know drug dealer. I think he did give him his ID and he was nervous that something would come up. And for whatever reason, in the year two thousand, this was nothing came up for him. I'm trying to remember what state he was wanted in, but he was like he made the news like big amounts of marijuana. Uh, nice. Yeah. I mean that's horrible. That's horrible, right? Yeah. Um. So we move on to Merry Way. We get to Orlando, um, and we we I don't need to go into details. We end up we we stay a few days in Orlando. We we find some people that let us crash on our couch. Um, I remember going to some New Age shop and kind of learning some things about like spirit animals at that time, and it was kind of neat. And um, and at this point, we're starting to. Uh, beg for money again like i think that's how we met the people that brought us in because we would like stop at a rest area and because i had just kind of gained this skill the other guys had already been in practice of this skill of just kind of be like hey you know we're our story was pretty consistent like we were college people that went down and we were gambling our money in miami or something like that and we lost everything and we need to we need to get back you know to, to georgia or whatever you know, can you please help us out? Because, you know, we were young. We looked like it. Um, and more often than not, every so often, we get somebody to be like, oh, man, oh, yeah, here's five bucks. Here's ten bucks, you know. Um, so we stay with these people a couple days. Fast forward to Miami. Um, and I I still remember this day, man. That first night in Miami, we, we went to the beach. And there's this parking lot near the beach. And uh, we were just going to all sleep in the van. And luckily, WD had experience, and he's like, we're not just sleeping here. Like, I'll take the first watch. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, this place is dead. Because I'm used to, you know, North Georgia suburbs. You know, I was had no idea. And he's like, and he's like, there's a lot of crackheads around here, man. I'm like, whatever. So I go to sleep, and I remember waking up, and he is like, talking to a dude through the window. Oh no. You know, basically being like, we don't want any crack. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and at that point it was kind of like I was starting to get scared and realize like this is oh wow, this it's not safe sleeping in your car in a parking lot in the middle of Miami. <laughs> so so after that night we kind of came to the resolu- to the decision that um we needed to get some money and we needed to stay in hotels. And that van looked like it could have been like a drug dealer van too. So like it was, it was a, it was an old, it was a, it was Astro, an, wasn't it? It was a 19, it was a 1980s carav- uh Dodge oh. Caravan. Yeah. Was it red? Um, boxy. 
Yeah, it was very boxy. Um, it was the old family van that we used to take trips across the up across the country with. Um, but yeah, it was my first car. It, it, it looked like there was either a sexual molester or a uh, drug dealer in that van. Like I don't know. That's how I always felt. <laughs> You'd see that van. Like I feel like today, if I had kids, I'd see that van plugging through the neighborhood with like some long-haired hippie dude. I'd be like, kids. You stay away from that man. <laughs> you get inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was Puff yeah. the Magic Van, as we talked about in like episode two. Yeah. So so yeah, so we so so it's like, okay, we are going to, you know, we gotta make sure we make enough money each day to like get a hotel. So that's when we get on this bandwagon of we're gonna we're going to hit up now we're in Miami though. Um, so there's lots of people and lots of cool opportunities for street beggars. Now, uh, before I get into that, I do want to interject with one quick thing because you'll get a kick out of this because we're both from Atlanta. And, you know, Atlanta is notorious for its traffic. It's just like jam-packed in the highways and it just comes to a complete halt. And you will go from like, you know, 70 miles an hour to like you're going stop, go, stop, go, stop, go for the next hour to get like, a mile or two up the highway. Miami trap highway traffic, however, is that same amount of cars, bumper to bumper, but we're still moving 70 miles an hour. <laughs> it's just like, mm. and I'm a 19-year-old young driver who is, yeah. you know, intoxicated more often than not, <laughs> scared out of my mind. How yeah. I got through that experience without having a bad wreck on that highway, I you know it's it's a divine thing. It must be, but that's one of my big memories is just like gripping the steering wheel and just being like, oh White my in god, <laughs> I can't believe we're I'm like I'm squeezed in between people going seventy down this highway. It's nuts, you know, trying to like and then trying to change lanes in that setup. God, I can't believe I did it, but. So we get to, so the idea was we, we went to these sort of core, we found a few exits and we basically just sort of uh, dominoed ourselves down them in the sense of like, okay, you two are going to beg at this one. You two, you, you are going to yes, beg at this exit. <laughs> we had a network on and then me and uh, dream woman are going to beg at this other one. So we dropped them off or dropped them off. And then it's just me and dream woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm like, me and her are riding, and I'm like, so which one, you know, which exit you want to go to? You want to go to this one? And she's like, nah, keep driving. We, 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 don't have to, we don't have to do this. And I go, what are you talking about? She's like, You're, we're good. I got plenty of money. I just don't want them to know. But, mm. you know, you and I don't have to beg. But I figure we still need to make a little income, so we'll let them do the work, and we'll just pretend like the money I have is the money that we earned. I was like, okay. Now she didn't have that much. She had like five hundred dollars, but you know, at that time, in that scenario, five hundred dollars was like, oh, you know. Life so, yeah. So me and her basically just hung out <laughs> for like six hours, and then went back and picked everybody up. We're like, how much did you make? Oh, okay, you made thirty bucks. Great. How much did you make? Fifty dollars. Awesome. Let's go get a hotel. And we get a hotel, and um. So, and we, we got like, I think we got like a, a two better and we're all, you know, we're all sleeping on the floor. Dream woman, of course, gets her own bed. Um, and 
there's this gen- the fifth wheel. This is this is where things start to kind of turn on us with the fifth wheel because as intimate as a setting as we're having, he's still kind of distant, and we're all kind of starting to get this vibe of like, is this dude who he says he is? And um, you know, he's making a phone call outside the hotel, or yeah, the hotel, and um, Dream Woman kind of catches an, an ear of it. And comes to us at some point, I think it was that evening, and says, like, it might have been the next day as things build up. But, um, uh, you know, he's just like, he's like, I overheard him talking to someone. I think he abandoned his family. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think he was calling, like, check on some kid. And he's just like, it did not sound good. I'm like, I think this guy's, like, abandoning, like, on a child or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, interesting. I'm like, well, that sucks. You know, so we started being suspicious. And then I can't remember if it was like the first night. I think it was the second night. The second night we had a hotel together. That was when the next morning Dreamweaver was upset and was real quiet and just kind of like stern looking the whole morning. I'm kind of wondering what's going on. We go back to our routine of, and by the way, we got here a little early. So like the jazz festival, actually, I don't remember. Like we never went to the jazz festival is the point. So that's, that's the funny part, right? I can't remember what happened. Like either we just missed it. I think we missed it. Like we didn't. So yeah, that might've been what happened. But for some reason we ended up never seeing this jazz festival. And, uh, but so anyway, second day at a hotel, night at a hotel, and we're getting in the van and we're repeating the process. We're going to go out, you know, begging and we drop the two dudes off and we drop the fifth wheel off and that's when uh dream woman tells me that like the night before he crawled into her bed and was feeling her up Mm. and uh yeah and uh and i'm like oh crap you know what do you want to do about it and she's like well i think we should just not pick him up and get the hell out of here yeah and i was like okay cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's what we did. And for a while, um, I always had that, f- like, so we we did. We, like, went up and kind of turned around, passed the exit, like, kind of paranoid if he would see us. And then went and picked up the other guys and kind of told what happened, you know, and, like, being like, we need to just ditch this guy. And they're like, well, if we're ditching yeah. him, we need to get the heck out of here because we were already kind of getting this vibe that the guy was dangerous or could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what he could would do to us. And so, um, so we left and, and we did, and for, I don't know, man, I would say like for a year, it was on the back of my mind. Like, you know, you know how, like you ever seen the movies, like somebody kind of has that sort of like dream or someone that they're scared of, like sneaks up on them in the dark and like, you know, gets a hold of them. <laughs> you thought he was going to find you. Be like, Why yeah. did you leave me? Yeah. Cause no, I mean, like we just moved on to the next people that same day. I mean, maybe, but I mean, well, we left with like, I mean, I don't think, I guess I feel like there was stuff of his that was still with us. Like the, his few belongings might have still been in the van. Because we literally, I mean, we just we just dropped him off saying, okay, we'll pick you up in a little bit and then never came back. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and he had nothing but the clothes on his back. Yeah, well, so, that's what you get. Yeah, I guess I still don't, I just, I knew that there was some bad karma in that moment. But at the same time, right, we were coming from a place of protecting ourselves. So... So we we leave this guy and we go working our way back up Florida. Um, again, just making stops every so often and bumming for money. 
Now, as I teased in, in the previous episode, you know, at this point, I'm just like a young kid just thinking like, you know, oh, this is great. You know, this is easy money, you know? Uh, it's like, and, um, and, you know, in a weird way, I mean, it kind of is um, if you're my age at that time. But when we, as we worked our way up Florida, what changed for me was we we stopped at this gas station and I walked up to this woman, probably mid, late 40s, had a couple little kids. And I come up to her and I say, hey, I'm so sorry to bother you, but we're, look, I, I'm from, I'm from UGA. Um, me and my friends, we went down to Miami to go, you know, uh, gamble at this like c- casino boat thing. And, uh, and and we lost all our money, and we're trying to get back. You know, I got to get back in time for, like, this class in, like, a couple days. Is there any way you can help us out? And um, and I, I, I will never forget. It's coming back to me even right now. I will never forget that look on her face. It wasn't, and it was, it was that look. It was the look of, it's like that look when you lie to your parents, and you think you're lying to them really well, and they give you that look of, like, I know you're lying to me and mm. you know, and I'm, and I'm disappointed that you would try and pull this BS on me. Mm. You know, it's like, it was like a loving disappointment. Look, it was, and it just, it just hit me to the core, yeah. the look alone. It was just like, yeah, sure. you know, and, and she says, she goes, I want to believe you. I really want to believe you. But she said, it breaks my heart because I know you're lying to me. And it really breaks my heart to see someone as young as you in this situation. You've got your life ahead of you. You've got so much potential. And you're doing something like this. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's $20. And if you're lying, which I think you are, I beg you to just... Stop and reevaluate what you're doing and where you are in your life and just know that, that you can change your path right here, right now. I'm sure there's people out there that love you and will help you. And then she, and then she you know, handed me the $20 and went on her merry way. Hmm. That was the last time I ever begged for money. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, like I didn't even, like we said, like going into the last episode when you started telling the story, I don't even really ever remember you sharing any of the like the the begging for money and now it's like hmm is chris lying to me when he tells me a story how he, <laughs> i now know how he can weave a story for a situation this all some elaborate plan yeah so it's interesting uh it's interesting just in the sense that I'd never, never really thought you, uh, you had that in you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I am a storyteller, I guess. Um, and yeah, and I use it to my advantage and I have used it to my advantage. I mean, that's part of, you know, there's, it's an aspect of, of, I think addiction and alcoholism is when you get to those parts of desperation, you know, all you care about is yourself, you know, and you'll lie, cheat, and 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 the and the 
I think the, the strongest quality is being able to lie to yourself. Yeah. And, and if you can, that's been my thing is if I can, if I can, you know, I'm discovering about myself as I'm working on these things and I'm realizing like how many things that I thought were true aren't and coming to realization that like the first person that I had to convince with the lie was me. And if sure. I believed it, I could, then I was able to convince others. Now this is all unconscious stuff, you know, it's not like I'm literally being like, okay, I got to believe that uh, I gotta believe that I that, that this lie, so I can convince well, you know. So I, I think but, I think it's really just like the 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 root of confidence. Like if you believe in yourself, and if you think you're able to do something, like you know, you're gonna be more confident. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think yeah, there's a level of that too. Yeah, I agree. So, but yeah, that um, and that and honestly, that's like the big learning moment from really all of the second part was, was that lady, was that experience of, of just because looking back, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the, like, I don't believe you, you should be ashamed of yourself. It's the love. It was because she really came from like a gentle place of like, you poor soul. <sighs> you know, like she didn't say I love yeah, you, sure. but I felt it was like, it, man. Pity. it was like, yeah, not even pity. Pity's not the right word. It was almost just like, no, because I mean, pity, I don't know, you know, pity would have just been like, there's 20 bucks, and, you know, but it was, you know, she, she carefully worded that in a way to express to me, like, you've, you know, like I said, you've got, you know, you, there's so much more to you than you realize you don't have to do this. And, um, yeah, but in that moment, it hit my shame buttons and I was just too ashamed to do it ever again. Um, even as we got back to Atlanta, cause like fast forward. So at this point it's me, you know, oh yeah, it's everybody but the fifth wheel and we get back to Georgia and the intention was we were just going to swing through Georgia. We were just going to swing by and, and swing by my friends and, and tell them like, Hey, I survived the trip. We went, I went to a rainbow gathering. We went down to Miami. I've seen all this crazy stuff. I've been begging for money. Like, and, you know, share them with our core group of friends from back then. And then we we're going to tr- keep go on. And then we were going to move on. Um, but as the psychic had predicted from the Rainbow Gathering, our trip was going to fail. Yeah. And it came in the form of driving the van up Johnson's Ferry. Um, I can't remember what part it was. A significant piece of that van fell off. (laughs) (laughs) Significant piece. (laughs) I mean, like, let's just say storytelling wise, the wheel just fell off. Like the whole thing. I don't really remember what it was, but essentially, yes, a important piece of that van fell off. Did it just stop running? Like what happened? Oh, yeah. It just stopped running. I mean, like we're talking like the car like dropped. Oh, oh, onto the road, you know? Um, wow. And it's like an axle or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, something like that. Like I said, my memory has gone um, on the details of this. But what I do remember is it was late at night. Um, no, it wasn't. I think it was the middle of the day. That doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> for those, this is Johnson's Ferry. 
So it's like it's the area of it that's a lot of houses before it really turns into all the strip malls and stuff. So there's this like nice house that my my van just sort of like you know dies, dies in this two lane highway. So and it it was day because somehow or I don't know we ended up getting it off the road by pushing it into these people's driveway and then going up and knocking on the door and being like I'm so sorry, um, this happened. I don't know what to do. We will. I got to figure this out and get you know the van taken care of. And and that was it. Like that was it. That that was it was a done deal. You know. Yeah. The, well, you're the transportation. Yeah. You know. And and um. So, so Dream Woman, who at this stage was starting to hook up with the one gentleman that we haven't even really given any description of, him and her started becoming a thing. So they figured out a way to move on, and they kept going. WD, who me and him had really connected and become buddies, stayed with me. Um, and I think at that time, I reached out to my parents, and it was still just sort of just like, well, you know, I'm sorry about what happened. We will help you in some minor ways. Maybe I think they helped me with the car, but there was still a level of like, I think it, I can't remember. And I'm sure I'm going to get corrected on this because, uh, because I have a family member that listens to this podcast pretty loyally. And thank you, said family member. Still, we have still. a listener. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually impressed, although a little bit. It's a little disturbing Shocked. sometimes. Well, because it's like with all the stuff I share and knowing, you know, that, you know, right, like this person's listening. It's like, so I try to just forget it. I try to just say whatever, you know, just ignore it. But the point is, um, whatever the detail is, I received some help. But I th- if my memory serves correct, I think they would have let me come home. But I didn't want to abandon WD. Because like they were like, he can't come with us or come with you. Sure. And I had a cousin. Somehow my cousin got word of it, and he was actually living in a house a ways up the road from where this accident happened uh, on the Is edge. Is this of- the same one that was on our podcast? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Same side of the family, uh, gotcha. but not that cousin. And uh, and he he kind of and he, he through I think through my mom, you know, he gets contact and he reaches out to me and he's like, hey, you know what, I'm living. I'm living in a house right now with my girlfriend. We got a spare room. You know, you guys can come crash with us. Um, if yeah. you, you just got to like get a job or something, I don't even know what really the discussion was, but he lets us he lets us move in there. And I get a job at a mellow mushroom up the street. My first mellow mushroom job, the one in uh, Sandy Springs. That's not even there anymore. Yeah, yeah. And uh, medical yeah. medical complex now. Yeah, and I guess I won't go into that story because then I start talking about like family story stuff that involves him that I don't think should be public. So the point is we have a place to stay and me and WD are, you know, staying in this place and we were there for like, I don't even know how long, maybe three months. And I will finish the story by sharing what happened to WD. Cause like I said, me and him became friends at this time. And, um, I still remember like, you know, and also too, I'm going to, as I go into this, because I just remember something he said to me that I still like that stuck with me for the longest time, because I've always struggled with a low self esteem, and um, and this guy, I remember one day like us talking about like our futures, and I thought he had a huge future ahead of him when he put his mind to it, because he was a sick, he 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 was a sick hip hopper. If he could rap, he could he could lay down some some lyrics, 
some beats. I think that is the whitest thing I've ever heard you say. He was a sick hip hopper. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to get edited out, ladies and gentlemen. No, it stays in. It stays in. <laughs> Thanks for bringing race into it, Sir Puck. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Uh, but uh but yeah i um i applaud him you know he he was he was he was so sick and um so i think we were having a conversation i'm like hey man you know you you got to keep this up you're gonna get far and he said something back to me he's like dude you know like you've got so much talent too and i see you and one day you're gonna have a beautiful you're gonna have a beautiful woman by your side i'm like nah man you know nah and then you know you go back to like the previous episode about you know that psychic who at this point now I'm like, okay, that psychic was legit because he predicted that my that the thing would fail. And by fail, my van literally fell apart. <laughs> you know, I just like boom. Yeah, that's, and it was failure. And it was the second I hit Cobb County lines. It's like yeah. I crossed yeah, that you line. You go from you go from uh, yeah, 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 Fulton into Cobb. The second, I mean, that's where it was. That's where it broke down. It's like that Starbucks. That's like by Riverside. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that hill. Yeah, that yeah, hill. Yeah. The other side of that hill is where it happened. Is like I, I just, I just cross into my hometown county. Boom, you know, it crashed. So I was like, dang, that psychic was right. So it got me excited. I'm like, ooh, he said I'm coming into a big inheritance. You know, and for a while that was always on my mind. Well, you know, looking, uh, and when we did that last episode, it hit me after I kind of said it as we were talking. I didn't say it out loud in the podcast, but like, I think I have my inheritance now and it's my family. You know, it's like, you know, I, I've got it good right now. You know, like my wife, my two kids, this, this family I've essentially inherited is like, you know, it just, it hit me at that point, and like to the point of almost tears. It's like I've inherited a beautiful situation um, that well, I'm very I, grateful for. I'd say you created it for yourself. I mean, well, inher- inheritance yeah. to me is like somebody else does it and gives it to you. You you put in the work for this stuff, man. Of course, I put in the work. There's yeah, there's levels of work, but there's also levels of trust. There's a lot of. I feel like there's a divine thing behind it. Like, of course, there's action, but there's also sort of having the heart to follow the right things because me in spite of myself there was a lot of moments where this family or things almost fell apart because of my old habits my old behaviors and the action so to speak was that action of almost inaction of like wanting to jump in and do those fear-based reactions and then sort of catching myself taking a deep breath and be like no let's slow down you know what's the love in this situation what's the you know and then and then right action follows and you know and just and right and things have just built into this beautiful world i live in you know yeah very blessed right now it's cool i'm glad you made that connection i I was thinking the whole time like hey this was the start of the podcast that lady you know she she that was that first moment where you really kind of like at least in these stories like reevaluated your present or your, your you know what you were doing even if even if it wasn't like just made you it was response to shame or whatever you still really stopped begging because <laughs> there's people who could that could have been your whole life man yeah <laughs> you could have just kept on going but like you know the universe said no your van dies yeah yeah, yeah exactly so and obviously you got her repaired 
or him repaired. Puff the Magic Van. Puff the Magic Van did get repaired. Yeah. That's and um Yeah. So well part of yeah, it must have gotten repaired. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I there's a part it. of me though, I remember wa- I remember walking though from that house to the Mel Mushroom. No, Mel Mushroom was up the road. I mean, I basically well, I, it was there was a while, but I think, but you're right. Eventually, I did get that. Yeah, I must have because then we had it in the apartment, of course. But I remember there was yeah. a gap of the repair. I remember there was a gap of me getting out of those poor people's yard. They were oh wow pissed. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like the next day I got that thing out of there. I think I don't know that van sat in their yard for like a week at least. Wow. I remember them, you know, and my mom. I remember, yeah, reaching out to me at some vague memory of being like, "You got to do something about that car. Those people are furious." Yeah, like, sure. And I'm I like, would I be. I don't know what you want me to do, you know. So, Need to get it towed. <laughs> yeah, I got no money, you know, and I'm not begging anymore. But you know, so I get this Mel Mushroom job, and and me and WD are are hanging out. So and, that's how you ended up at the Mellow, huh? And my first Mellow, yeah, my first Mellow. Well, um, it all starts with one. Yeah, yeah, not the one that like we discussed earlier from our hometown, but yes, yeah, the this this actually was the second. This was the second. Mellow mushroom. It was the oldest standing mellow mushroom at the time, and it was the second mellow ever built. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I could I could sidetrack talking about that place because it's gone now, and now that one's gone. I think I think it's a freaking the spot's a parking lot now. Kind of sad. But, it's a, like a four story medical complex. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drive past it usually because I usually when I come back home, I have to go across two eighty five. I've always like the Riverside Drive. Yeah, I always go down Johnson Perry to Riverside 285. Nice. My front door. Nice. Yeah, I got a lot of great memories of that time period, and I could sidetrack talking about that. But and that was, I think, post. Well, I don't know. Point is, yeah, it's wow, yeah. That's a podcast in itself, man. Those days, because at that those days was when I was really starting. Apartment is that what you're talking about? No, this is before. This is way before. Uh, While I was working at the Mellow, I started connecting with like local music scenes. Uh, We started going to the Brandy House like every other Hmm. day, seeing these local bands. I remember there was some like semi decent size uh, jam band that one of our servers started dating the bassist, and so like we always got like the backstage treatment and hanging out with them and stuff and. It was like my, the beginning of my, my sort of tastes or, you know, one of my bigger tastes of the rock and roll life and the jam band scene from a local level, yeah, um, you know, cool. and WD was with me in those days. And, um, you know, we were we were staying at the house and and um, until, well, it was a combination of things, whatever, because I'm trying not to, to go into the story about that house. That house had some dramas there that, God, I could, whatever. I'm not even going to go down that path. But um, here's how me and WD's friendship ended. Um, Because it's another police incident. Because I knew how bad he was wanted, you know. And, And one night we are, we had been up hanging out in somebody's house and, you know, just smoking or whatever. And we're driving back and um and we get pulled over kind of near where the accident happened on Johnson's Ferry. Um, cops pull us over. Uh, middle of the night, I think my brake light was out. So they asked for my ID, I give it. Um, they asked for his ID, he says he doesn't have it. That's when the second cop shows up. That's when 
this time we go through the same ordeal of the cops pull me out, like like the Orlando cops. You know, this is like the the the, the different type of cop personalities. You know, it's mm-hmm. like similar situation of like this is your chance to be honest with us, or we're gonna search the car and find out anyway. Okay, yeah. man, I've got just like a little bit of weed, and I thought, and I literally did. Like all I had was just like. I don't know, like this, I mean, like a little nug the size of your thumbnail. I did not have much. Um, but, um, so I tell them that and, and they were like, okay, thank you. You're going to jail, get in the back of the car, search the van. So then they start searching my van for more and they tear that van apart. I don't know if you remember like how it had like torn stuff in the ceiling. That was from these cops. They like wow. they tore up they they tore in the in the you know in the whatever the ceiling velvet or whatnot yeah they went looking through my engine I mean they went to town and a lot of it was because of WD they had yeah. they had this sense that like you know he was more and met the eye and somehow they figured it out oh they found his ID that's what it was they searched and searched and they, uh, and they found his ID they run his name yeah and he, they find out he's a felon wow on the you know wanted and he's the kind of felon that's wanted that like the state was willing to pay to get him you know uh transferred over there yeah relocated right you know those details and things like that um yeah well actually this is how it came up no actually this is how i found out about that so and this is is the part i always crack up in the story and again it's sort of like the difference of the style of cops Cause like in Orlando, the cops were just like, ah, you're just some kids. We got bigger fish to fry. You know, you guys just be careful. But in the suburb, suburban town where we grew up from, we were hardcore criminals to these cops. You know, that was the energy and tone. It was just, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially towards me. You know, it's like you got a little bit of marijuana. You, you know, you know what the acronym was amongst the kids, right? For the the county police. No, it's Cobb, Cobb County. Just I think we can out that, right? Everybody's sure, comfortable yeah. with that. Uh, count on being busted. Count on being busted. <laughs> you never heard that one. <laughs> no, huh? I never heard that one. That's a good one. Damn, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, oh I man, that. I mean, like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I and I did. I I could I I counted on being busted. Oh, time check how we look. They they actually have a reputation like throughout Atlanta. Yeah, pretty pretty tight wads when it comes to that kind of stuff and they were and so here's the funny stuff. so the upper so, middle class white kids yeah. they got all the all the time in the day to bust kids for weed and i was one of them man so they uh um so yeah they they uh they they so it was like oh you got a little bit of marijuana thanks for being honest we are throwing the book at you you are going to jail wow and um and then and this was this is why i was on probation when we finally met you know shortly after this if you remember me being on probation yeah because you went to jail yeah and you called me and you told me you loved me that's right i remember that oh yeah we're sidetracking yeah. uh because it would be like a year later yeah when that incident happened so yeah, this is when yeah, i got yeah. busted so so um so but yeah and then they they figure out who he is and they don't find anything else but they found their felon so they bring him into the car and they're making they're making they're making radio calls or whatever figuring out what they're going to do and they this is they come to me because again I knew his past at this point I knew like the big deal he was like he was this huge like layer 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 up in the chain um, marijuana dealer from this other northern state 
And, uh, and so they come up to me and they say, okay, well, here's the deal. You know, he's wanted. Um, so we're reaching out to his state to see if they're willing essentially to, to, to come and pick him up. If they're not, we're going to let him go. Uh, but you're definitely going to jail. So if they, right, I'm definitely going, yeah, he's wanted for like, you know, mob stuff. Trafficking. Trafficking. And I got this little tiny nug of flour. And they're like, you're going to jail. But this, we might let this guy go. So, uh, because we can't make any money off of him. But we're making money off of you, dude. So, uh, so if he's let go, can he drive your van home? (laughs) And I remember, and so, how do you think I responded to that? Uh, geez so i want to put it in context i would imagine i don't know i want to feel like you were no you probably said fuck no No, what i said was like i was like yeah sure right (laughs) oh more than that i said i i i I literally did say this i said are you kidding me are you effing kidding me i'll tell Uh you what if he gets off scot-free and i go to jail i'll sign the title over to him he can have the van (laughs) i was like this is ridiculous you're telling me my misdemeanor versus the felon i'm going to jail like i'm the hardcore i mean that was the energy like they were treating me worse than they were treating him it was you know and um but of course the state said that they would and so we sat for a while like waiting for that response and then yeah the state wanted him though he was from so they, they they shut the car and 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 i and and wd man he was crying and um and nobody wants to go to jail well it was more than that because like that was it that was the end of our friendship and he let the cop know that he was like i hope you feel i mean i'm gonna try and recreate it because like i'm almost coming to tears remembering the emotional energy of that moment he because he let that cop know oh that's what it was the cop started filling out paperwork and he and he complained to us he was like, man, I was just about to get off in 20 minutes, and you guys had to pass by without that brake light. Now I got all this paperwork to fill out. And WD was like, fuck you. I was like, do you realize what you've done to our lives over a little tiny nug of weed? I'm going to jail probably for 20 years. This guy is the best friend I've ever met, I've ever had. This, And I will never see this guy again. You have destroyed our friendship. Fuck you to even complain about filling out some paperwork and he he gave such a heartfelt like condemning speech even that cop basically said okay i'm sorry you know like i should i shouldn't have said what i said about the paperwork like he he pulled back in some way you know but i'm almost getting teary-eyed like i don't remember you know just remembering that moment you know because it was like we said goodbye to each other you know and then we got to the we got to the jailhouse and then you know and we went to our separate paths and I haven't seen him since, you know? Um, but yeah, so cause yeah, it was plug the name into Google, man. Yeah. I only remember the first name though. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that said, so, but yeah, and that's, and that's really the end of our tale is, um, yeah, is 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 that is that whole journey there and back again, man, and and the sort of you know this little this little naive sheltered you know teenager going out in the world for the first time and just experiencing this this world of you know you know deep forest underground movements 
begging for money, hanging out with the homeless, you know, hanging out with felons, experiencing two different sides of the police, you know, the, the forgiving, friendly kind and the like, you know, and like, nope, you're going to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Bend over. (laughs) Oh, the handcuffs too tight. Boo hoo. (laughs) You know, um, it's crazy. I, this is this has been very enlightening for sure. Because, like I said, I uh, if you told me parts of this story, it's faded away over the years. I don't think you ever really, honestly, told me what the the probation was for back in the day. Like I don't ever remember getting into this story. So I wonder, did you have shame about it and didn't want to share it back in the day, or would you tell people about it? I guess. So for a long time, the Rainbow Gathering story. I mean, I told it a lot. That's interesting. Um, I don't remember it, like, but that could just be circumstantial, right? I mean, I used to tell it, but yeah, you, you you're right. Like, I, think I remember more of the fish story. I might have stopped telling the 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 rainbow story around the time we met because I just I'd said it a bunch of times, or I felt like everybody knew it. Um, and it was one of those stories, right, that people would be like, "Oh, you should write a book about that experience," you know. And that was back when I remembered more details. I remember more details yeah. about like some of the like stuff I heard in the rainbow gathering, the different kind of people I met in the rainbow gathering. Um, but it's significance for the podcast is right. Like, and, and kind of what's recently come up for me with my wife. Cause, cause we, we had an incident last night where we were on a zoom call with an individual who was, um, had a lot of <sighs> positivity about, a different perspective of how the world could be, how, you know, Oh, if we, if we change the world's economy to kind of this kind of system, the world would be so much better for everyone. And she had, but coming from a place of love and positivity and we got off that phone call and, um, and she was like, wow, you know, I, I was really inspired there. How did you feel? And I said, you know what? I, she, she's like, she was like the rainbow gathering in a nutshell. And, um, and my wife, got upset and the reason she got upset was because from her perspective rainbow gathering equaled you know mean homeless people abusive abusive drug stuff rape stories scenarios you know i had told her all the bad things about it and it really wasn't until we did that episode that last episode that really connected with like at its heart at what it's trying to do, at its its original intentions, the original Rainbow family, you know, it's it it had it had it had a, a heart to it and a quality to it that is a good thing, um, despite the negative aspects that surround it. That's why I called it, you know, the the, the I came to the metaphor of like that trip was really like a uh um you know a moldy sandwich. It was like the bread was the bread on both sides was moldy, but the the center of the sandwich was okay. And she did. She had. I right. You still wouldn't need it. Yeah. Um, she hadn't um, heard that podcast, you know. And so we went through a discussion last night of basically saying, like, you know what? Like, I'm looking back on it differently because for the longest time, it connected with my shame of my drug addiction and my alcoholism. It was one of those things I would look back on it and go, "That was stupid. I can't believe I did that. I risked my life this way. I risked my life that way. I was such a stupid young man." To go hanging out with those friggin' hippies. But I'm kind of in a place in my life now where I'm reconnecting with some things, uh, some some spiritual some spiritual 
stuff that now I'm kind of looking back on it and being like, well, you know what, though? There was like this little grain. There was this little nugget to it. And there was this little part inside of that gathering, you know, like I'm looking at it a little differently. Um, and that's literally within only the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, sure. But, you know, and and, and look regard- at you. Look at you. Yeah. Reevaluating. Reevaluating. And redefining. Well, it also has to do too with how this podcast started of like really I finally came to a place of like acceptance of my past. And again, like I don't feel like it defines me anymore, at least in a negative way. I've I feel like it's just it's part of who made me what I am today. And and it with alongside of other stuff like the fish story, I'm grateful for it. You know? Yeah. And so now I actually telling that story now, it doesn't have that tone of like all this crazy shit I did. God, I was lucky I didn't die. Now it's I tell it from this thing of like, man, these are the things I did, and you know, these are kind of the life experiences I had from it. Um, and you know, I don't know if I would really change anything per se. I mean, if I had to go through it again now, of course, I wouldn't do everything the same, but you know what I mean? Like, just sure, yeah, that's how life is, that's how life is, right? So, but yeah, so that's. That's a rainbow family story. I dig it. Yeah. I'm glad uh I'm glad we got we got that one recorded for posterity. How about that? Yeah. Should have done it twenty years ago, man. It would have been a totally different story. It would have been a totally different story. I actually I'm kinda grateful that it's that it's twenty years later, you know. <laughs> it's it, from a sober from a sober perspective, you know. You uh, made it. Yeah, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, not too fried. It's still kind of working upstairs. But, but yeah, so thank you everybody for listening. Um, you know, I struggle to think what somebody may get out of that. And, you know, cause I'm trying to like wrap it up with a sort of like morale or, you know, cause I, cause more than just like, hi, I shared all this, like, you know, like what they call a drunkalog, you know, you know, it's like just kind of saying like all the sure. jacked up stuff I did. But, you know, the kind of the, but the reasoning for myself personally going back and looking at it and maybe sharing it, though, is sort of, you know, to say for people that may have had a similar thing of like, hey, your past, your past experiences, though, you know, don't have to necessarily define you. It can it can be just part of the building block that that helped guide you to be the better person you are today. You know, yeah, I think you have to have experiences to be able to change. Mm-hmm. I don't think. You know, so I think doing crazy shit when you're young is definitely the time to do it. Um, some people that know Amen. me would think I'm crazy for saying that based on what they know about me. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't, tell, you don't say that to the teenager, do you? No. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't hear that. Yeah. No, nah, you're in our postage stamp sized house, but he's too um, cool for you and your podcast. Yeah, they all are. I mean, <laughs> your wife's wifey's too cool for a podcast. You said she didn't even listen. Jeez, I thought at least wifey was a listener. No, yeah, no, no, not really. Um, but my my keeper doesn't isn't listening either. So yeah, I don't think I mean, she knows how to. She hears from me all day, every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> she gets out of the house, it's like a break. <laughs> poor girl. She's like last. I mean, yeah. <laughs> last thing i'm gonna do when i get out of the house is put you on in my ears again there's <laughs> only so much she can take in the ear holes i'm gonna let that moment of silence 
mirror the awkwardness of that statement you just made. I had to get the ear hole comment in there somewhere. Did you? But but did. did you? On that note, all right, let's wrap it up. And now we're talking about now we're talking about things like that. I had to at least give somebody something to disagree with. I That's mean, right. Come on. Yeah. Got to yeah. Oh man, I heard something beautiful. Um I'll share on this real quick. Uh from a podcaster that I'm like I might borrow that. He was he was kind of he was kind of saying um you know, if my opinions are my own, um you don't necessarily have to agree with them or disagree with them um because you didn't come here to listen to your opinion, now did you? <laughs> right? Came here to listen to my opinion. And I was like, wow. That's pretty like, good. I'm like, well spoken. <laughs> I like that. It's like somebody I met at a networking, a business networking thing said, well, I don't really worry about what other people do in this space because nobody can do it as good as I can because nobody else is me. And I looked at him and I was like, well, that's good, man. And right back at you. You can't do what I can do because you're not me either. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's used to bulldozing people with that type of comment. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> it's like, All right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Uh... I don't know. You said you had a hard out. So, I mean, we don't have another eight hours. Yeah. I'm bad at the hard out, though. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Oh, well, good. You're a busy guy. Yeah, a busy true. guy. I, know. I got I got an appointment here. And uh, and I know and it's crazy to think that I'm a, a busy guy. But, yeah, I got I got a meeting in, in 30 minutes. And you got a meeting in 30 minutes, too. No, I got a meeting in an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yours is at four. So, all right, my man. But, yeah, it's been it's been a good ride this episode. Thank you, sir. So how could uh, how could people? Do we want to let people get in touch with us and all that kind of stuff? You gonna you gonna do one of those spiels? No, I'm just gonna hit the stop button right now. Oh. Um, yes, thank you everyone for listening yeah. to the degree. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening to the degree of experience podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you all. Um, and again, this is a value for value podcast. Hey, you're being a smartass. No, I'm when not. You said that was no. genuine. What? When you said no, oh, I'm gonna re- hang up or rec- stop the recording now. You were being a. Smart. Oh, you thought I was really gonna stop it? Yeah, we're gonna do like one of those. Like, oh, hold on, we messed something up. Hang on, I can fix it in the edit. Let me stop so I know the point. Fix it in post. Yeah, fix it in post. Yeah, no, we're no man. This is yeah, we're, we're a value. Hi everyone, welcome to the Degree of Experience podcast. We're gonna start the whole thing over now. My name is Chris. Oh, and, no. uh, but thank you all for listening. Uh, this is a value for value podcast. Um, as inspired by the No Agenda show, uh, the value for value model that, that uh, they have essentially come up with is the idea that if you find value in, the, in what you're you know, listening to, please send that value back. You know, Put a number on it uh, and head to value.degreeofexperience.com. You can also just go to degreeofexperience.com uh, and you'll see a a page. I think there's like a donate link. It's been a while since I've messed with my own page. But value.degreeofexperience.com is uh, a straight path to our PayPal for donations. Uh, click on support us at the top of that's degree it. of experience. Yeah, click on support click on us. And it would say, how much would you like to tip? Yeah. You can use PayPal. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. The tip thing, you know what? That's also part. Go to value.degreeofexperience.com. That tip thing is, and here's the thing with the tip thing, because it's actually, okay. I use a service called justcast.com. It's a monthly 
service. They're a great service, and they're podcasting 2.0 capable. They 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 pre-design a pretty nice you know podcast template, make it easy for you. But for the support us page, right? It like f they might have improved it since I started with that them but the point is is that they had this sort of tipping feature that i've really debated on even having because that's actually not part of the value for value model the whole point of value for value is you set the amount how much was it worth to you because if we if we sort of say you know throw out the option of like one dollar five dollars ten dollars well that's all we're ever going to get but you know if some you know you know values unique to the individual you know how much was it? You know, this this podcast itself was what we're at an hour and ten minutes now. Oh, uh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. That's we're borderline too long. How much have you spent to listen to an album that was, you know, an hour long? You go to a movie. You know, we've had episodes that have been two hours long. You know, how much do you spend to go to a movie that entertains you? You buy the ticket. You buy the popcorn. I hope you buy the popcorn to support no. the theater. No. You know, you get a drink. You know, In twelve you know, dollars for I just, a thing of popcorn. Right. You know, but just put that in perspective because it's such a thing, man, on media. People are willing to spend money, like throw huge amounts of money on one thing. But then when it comes to the media, the, the things like music or, or you know, forms of entertainment, they, they it's just this sort of mentality of like, I, should, I shouldn't have to pay much for that. When there's so much that goes into making these things that, you know, entertain you. And some in some cases do more to entertain you, enlighten you, you know help you through hard times. So value for value model gives you the opportunity to show, you know, something, how much you value them. So yeah, go to value.degreeofexperience.com and uh, let us know. Uh, if you donate and you leave a note, there's a thing for notes. We will read the note on the show and you will get an executive producer credit on the following Just episode. Like they do in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, for that episode, you will be credited in the show notes. Um, Put it on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, and we also have, you can email me, chris at creative-transformations.org. Uh, we'll also be in the show notes for you. Uh, email me any, you know, any comments, uh, concerns, or insights. You know, we're always love to get feedback. Uh, also for Sir Puck, any feedback or anything you want to say, you know, fan letters you want to send to Sir Puck, send them my way. <laughs> Uh, he's on the show yeah. anonymously, so I'm sort of his medium on these things. Um, but yeah, and uh, but yeah, I'm very grateful for everybody that that has listened to the podcast and has listened to the episode to the end of this. Well, this episode. is excited, and yeah. I mean, this double digits. We're 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 legit now. I know. Kind of. We showed yeah. them. <laughs> we showed them. I think everybody, you know, I've had a couple, right. You know, you have that, you tell people you're starting something and you say, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to start a podcast. Like, and I had this one friend is like, dude, you don't know how many friends I've had that are like that when the pandemic started, you know, and everybody's kind of home, like I'm going to start a podcast. And they did, you know, an episode or two and they did all this work, to set it up. And then they stopped doing it. And he was essentially just wanting to warn me, like, you know, make sure this is what you want to do before you invest the money that you're investing into this. And yeah, well, and I and I was like, no, I'm all in. And uh, and I think it it is you know the proof is in the pudding. And ten episodes, and you know, I don't want to stop. No, and I think we've gotten into a routine too. It's been yeah, been pretty regular. It's been good. And you know, the the truth is, is we've spent many hours on the phone talking before, so it comes naturally. And uh, yeah, it's 
this has been a cool journey. Yeah. Now the world gets to sit in on our conversations, you know. Poor, poor world. <laughs> Donate now. Donate. Help pay the rent. So, yeah, again, we appreciate yeah. y'all listening to Degree of Experience. Um, I'm Chris Bargeron, and I'm just so grateful for everyone. So, thank you all. I'm Sir Puck, and uh, I'm not really as grateful, but I am grateful. Thanks. Adios.
See you, fuckers. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> There's my end ISO right there. Oh, my, my AirPod fell out. <laughs>